Chapter 5 of Ten Common Trees. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kimberly Sawson. Ten Common Trees by Susan Stokes. Chapter 5 The Birch Tree. At first, it was only a tiny tree, with two little leaves lifted up to the light. They were very little leaves, but they sifted the sunlight, made food for the roots, and gave back to the clouds the water the roots had found in the soil. Of course the sunlight helped them, and so when the breeze passed by they would sing in rustling voices, Oh, sun, sun, beautiful sun! When the sun sank behind the hills in the west and the stars came out, the little tree went to sleep and an owl in the great tree nearby kept watch, saying, Hoo! Hoo! One morning the sky was gray, and the rain fell in torrents. Oh, what can the matter be? What is all this? said the little tree. This? This is rain. We need it, said the big tree, and his leaves slip-slipped against each other. Then the sun came out, and the leaves worked so busily that the little tree grew apace. After a while, it grew so cold that the young tree shivered. Why is it so cold? it asked of the tall tree. Winter is coming. Drop your leaves, said the great tree. Then there came a gust of wind which carried away the young tree's leaves. Oh, my leaves! My pretty leaves! Where are they going? it cried. But soon it found it was warmer without the leaves, and so it did not regret them. Fortunately, it was not very cold there at the willow's feet. When spring came again, it put out some more leaves. The bark upon the stem grew smooth and shiny and was marked with short horizontal lines without any knots or uneven places. Near the tip it was downy, as is the way with birches. One day a tall young Indian passed by. He was straight as an arrow and tall like the pine tree. He crossed over to a big tree, saying, Give me of your bark, O birch tree, of your yellow bark, O birch tree, growing by the rushing river, tall and stately in the valley. I, a light canoe, will build me, build a swift chimon for sailing, that shall float upon the river, like a yellow leaf in autumn, like a yellow water lily. Then the tree made answer, Take my cloak, O Hiawatha, then Hiawatha stripped the tree of its smooth, tough bark, and in the valley by the river made his birch canoe and launched it. Then he came again, this time. From his pouch he took his colors, took his paints of different colors, on the smooth bark of a birch tree, painted many shapes and figures. Of course our young tree could not know their meaning, but it would have liked to have him put upon its bark some songs of war and songs of hunting. Across the river from the little tree there stood a great birch tree. In the spring its branches were tipped with long drooping tails. In the winter there were brown cones upon its bare boughs. The young birch wished to have some of these strange fruits, so it asked the old tree what it should do. You must begin in the fall, said the old tree. Make some long cone-like winter buds. In the spring they will open and become these drooping yellow tails. The young tree listened, and in the fall it made some great long buds, figure one, 
and covered them over with thick scales, bracts. Under each heavy scale there were several thin scales. In each of these were two small balls full of yellow powder. They were fastened in place by a filament which forked. Figure 2. During April's sunny days, the tail-like buds grew long and feathery, and the yellow pollen floated away. But still there were no black cones. Again the young tree asked, What shall I do that I may have cones? The old tree replied, Oh, you can make these in the spring. Instead of making so many large leaves, take some of your buds and do with them as I tell you. So the young birch took some young twigs, such as it had been making, into leaves. On a stem not more than an inch long, figure 3b, it crowded almost a hundred tiny three-lobed bracts, figure 4a. In front of each one were three little bodies, nearly round and quite flat, for they were crowded. These were the pistils. Each had two curved arms at the top. They caught the yellow pollen dust which the wind carried about, figure 4b. It made them grow not very large, but as large as the bract back of them, figure 4c. What shall I do now? asked the young tree. Wait until winter, then shake them out, and the wind will carry them away and plant them. What for? Have you forgotten that you were once a tiny seed, and that the wind dropped you among the willows there? You fell from one of my cones. Was not the little tree glad to know this? Glad to have been a part of that great and beautiful tree? Her cones grew larger and thicker. Figure 5. The little seeds were strong and healthy, and when they were ripe, the wind scattered them far and wide. Would you like to be a birch tree and learn to make soft catkins and winged seed? How may you tell the birches apart? You must look at the bark, the leaves, and the droop of the branches. They are alike in their flowers and fruit. Have you seen a tree with white bark and long hanging branches? A tree with branches so slender that they scarcely cast a shadow? This airy tree, with its flicker of green and white, is a gray or white birch. Figure 6. Its bark has the horizontal markings peculiar to the birches. There are dark spots below the leaf scars, and the leaf is notched. The notches are not so deep, however, as those of its relative, the European white birch. Figure 7. The yellow birch is easily recognized by the yellow hue of the bark, but it was not from the bark of the yellow birch that canoes were made. The paper or canoe birch has bark that easily separates in layers, and it was from this that the Indians made their canoes. The white color of the trunk is more conspicuous than that of the gray birch, but it lacks the brown patches, and the branches do not droop. The white birch is not a tall tree. The paper birch frequently becomes tall, and its bark is unbroken for some distance upon the trunk. The leaf is shown in figure 8. The western birch, from which the drawings were taken, is a small tree. Its twigs are very glandular, that is, they are rough and sticky. This character it shares with some of the eastern forms. The young stems are often downy. The alders are closely related to the birches. The leaves and cones look much alike. The difference is in the stamens. The little stalk holding the anther is forked in the birches, but is distinct to the base in the alders. References Song of Hiawatha, 
Longfellow, Hiawatha's Sailing, Picture Writing, The Birch Tree, Lowell, An Indian Summer Reverie, Lowell. End of chapter 5